0: I think people forget that in this industry, whether you are an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, or a combination of efforts, and you still do work corporate, just because you, you work for in a corporate environment and or you work for a big box gym or whoever you're working for, that doesn't mean that you still don't need to take heed to relationships and touch points. And we talk about this all the time. And I say it to the ends of the earth in my uh, business coaching and in you know the, the course that I did for Profitable Pilates, Loyalty is a relationship in every single environment, right? And especially now, coming out of a pandemic, hopefully, uh, I read that super, super awesome article that I told you guys about. And if you didn't hear it, I'm going to repeat it here. If people want conversations, they don't want campaigns.
1: Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey, you. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy to have your ears. And if you're watching this on our um, YouTube channel, hello. It's so nice to see you. (laughs) Um, I love this week's guest. Okay, first of all, in all honesty, I probably will say that a lot, but this girl is like a big sister of mine. Um I, I have a lot of big sisters in this world who are not biological. Um but she she is someone, her name's Erica Quest, and have you ever gotten an email or like a text message or a DM from someone who's like You, you like only wish like that you could be friends with them or that you could like know them. I'm not kidding. I remember the day I got this email from her and she had read my book and she had, um, she knew what I was doing. She'd followed me for a while and she wanted me to write a blog post for one of the biggest Pilates, uh, it's the biggest Pilates, um, equipment manufacturer's website. And I was like, oh my God. I ran home to Brad and I was like, this person knows who I am. They're paying attention. And, and, um, we got on a phone call. It was our first phone call. And from there, a friendship just totally built. And we have just been backing each other up. And um, yeah, I mean, she's so great. What I love um, that you're going to hear is how, I mean, she is a college dropout. So for those of you who think, oh, I just don't have enough education. I just haven't done this thing, blah, blah, blah. Like homegirl, wait till you hear how much money she was managing at, in, a, in her previous career um, without that degree. Like, I just need you to hear that if you have these stories you're telling yourself that makes you sound like you're small or like you can't do what it is you want to do because she will blow your mind on that. And I really can't wait for you to hear how she continues to evolve Um, what she is doing based on how, how, who she is becoming and how she's doing that. I think it's, um, super easy for us to get stuck and go, well, I'm just this. And then this is what I need to do. And instead, she explores and questions and, um, she, uh, quotes, um, this one famous quote often whenever we do lives together or we teach together. And it's, um, that we are constructs. We are not concrete. And I think that is so important as you are, being it till you see it, my friend, you know, just because you made the wrong, in air quotes, turn, because there probably, there's none, um, just because you took a little longer to figure out what it is that you wanted, just because you went for something else instead of like the thing, um, it doesn't mean that that's concrete and that can't be changed and that you can't you know, go and do something that you're feeling called to do. So here is Erica Quest. I want you to definitely check out her bio in the show notes because she will literally blow your mind. Um, she is a polize instructor, um, owns a brick and mortar in Orange County, um, California and is the founder of Level Up Movement and so, and, and so much more. So check out her entire bio in the show notes. Get ready. It's a lot of energy and she and I talk all the time. So it's, it's basically like listening in to one of our happy hours, but without the happy in the hour. So have fun after this message. As you know, you cannot fit you in around everything else. Instead, I have my students schedule their life around their Pilates. I want to give you a free 30-minute Pilates workout. Go to OnlinePilatesClasses.com slash BeItPod. Again, OnlinePilatesClasses.com slash B-E-I-T-P-O-D. And let me help you make time for you. At OPC, our 30-minute workouts help you do life better. Boom. Hello. We are recording. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Y'all, I just just know that you're this might end up just being like you listening in on two girlfriends having a phone call because I can't promise that it will be a professional interview for you. Um, Erica Quest is one of my favorite people, favorite women on this planet. She um we met basically, I think she emailed me first, but I remember like jumping up and down when I saw her name on the email. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure. But um, through the years we just gotten to know each other and then through the pandemic. Um, because neither of us were flying all over this place. We got to actually have weekly phone calls and I've been able to watch this woman just take her dreams and make them happen. And we're going to talk about that here today because I think it's... I know her story is going to resonate with a lot of you. Um, And so with that, Erica Quest, welcome to the Be It Pod. I'm so happy you're here. Can you tell everyone a little bit about you? Oh, my gosh! First of all, can I just tell you it's so hard for you to not
0: talk over you? because usually it's Friday night and we're just hanging out like girlfriends. so I'm trying. I'm gonna try so hard. So, keep me on my best behavior if you can, because we all know, or your listeners are going to know that I definitely have the gift of GAP. So first and foremost, thank you so much for having me as your guest on your new podcast, which will be an amazing resource for so many different types of people and entrepreneurs and solopreneurs out there. I'm Erica Quest, like Leslie mentioned. We go way back in this fitness and wellness industry. Um, I feel like I've lived in my life of said upper 40 somethings at this point in time if you're listening or watching this uh, at least at least nine lives and maybe we'll dive into some of those lives during this podcast Uh, but currently I am an entrepreneur I'm based in Southern California I currently still own a brick and mortar Pilates studio in beautiful Laguna Beach California for a little bit longer I will have had that for about 18 years by the end. Um, But I do a variety of different things. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. Marketing um, just built out a a new educational platform, which is in process and all of those good things. But more than anything, it is a joy and an honor to be here with you. One of my best friends, Leslie Logan. And I couldn't be more proud of you. This podcast and all of the things that you're doing in our industry and in your life.
1: Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, i i am um, i'm working on taking compliments and like just like taking them in and like receiving it's you know it's one of those things like okay thank you and not, now let's put it back on you oh, Yeah, it's so
0: hard for <laughs> um, me too so just take it say thanks and it must know. be
1: it must be the way we were raised i it think mm-hmm. <laughs> no offense to my parents is. they did they did the best they can um <laughs> I actually <laughs> I really um so I wanna dive in a little bit, like give people a little because you did say you've like nine lives in your in your lifetime with what you've done, and I feel the same, like i mean i I worked at a jewelry store, I still think. Diamond pretzel necklaces, y'all, and five hundred dollar bags that had initials on them before the recession. So, like, I that was my life, and I thought I was going to run boutiques and do do do, and then I became a Pilates instructor. And you, you also had this very interesting thing um, before you Pilates instructor. You you were in corporate. Yeah, well, I mean, we can even go before all
0: of that if you if if you want to go way back. But let's at least start with the twenties, okay? So. Um, I I like to preface this in actually a good way because this is something that I actually feel very confident for the first time probably in my life in the last five years being very vocal about and not in a bad way. um, But I'm a proud college dropout. So I think that that is always an interesting fun fact for people to learn about me because people just meet me and I think they think that I've gone through my you know, collegiate degree, maybe gone on and had a master's degree. No, I put my husband through his master's degree and his teaching credential because of my corporate job. And it doesn't mean that I'm not educated. I most certainly am educated. I have gone to college and I've done you know, obviously continuing education in my field and education in the field that I currently work in for years and years and years. Um, But one of the things that I did not resonate with was college. It was not kind of like a vehicle for me in my 20s. There was a lot of variables at the time. I was a young married woman. I was having to commute to a four-year college. I didn't feel connected we'll talk about connections and community, I'm sure on on this podcast. Um, And so kind of my journey into the corporate world was a bit haphazard, but also not because you hear me say this all the time, Leslie, but your listeners probably haven't, or some of them haven't, where I say, there are no coincidences. There are only divine appointments, right? So Leslie is a divine appointment of mine in my life. There are many divine appointments along the journey of my trajectory in my current career. Now we'll go into that, but also for when I was, just a mere 23 years old and fell into the world of ad agencies and marketing. I happened to know a friend who worked at an ad agency and I had this thing called a put together resume. I was working in a, uh, a senior living care facility at the time. And she's like, well, let me just submit your resume and we'll see what happens. You know, say this all the time. Loyalty is a relationship, right? That was a relationship that I had back in the day. And she submitted my resume, and there was one word on there that resonated with whoever read my resume, and that was uh, put together TV. The word TV was in there, and they were looking for, at this particular company at the time, uh, somebody who could work with the Stars Encore network team to put together care packages and packages for all of their movie premieres, right? So I like to say my entry into corporate was in the world of trinkets and trash because I did a ton of promotional <laughs> merchandise. <laughs> and that was that was my first entry. And then that trajectory carried me along to selling a whole lot of cheeseburgers and shelf stable. So I don't want to belabor <laughs> that conversation. But in my 20s, I had such a sharp trajectory in the corporate world in ad agencies. And I learned on the job, which I it works very well for me to learn that way. And I know Leslie, you're the much the same way as I am. It's like, throw me into the fire. That's what works for me. I just say yes. And I'll figure it out along the way. I'll ask the questions that I need to ask. But yeah, by the end of my um, big leap into taking the biggest risk of my life at 30, um, I by that time, I was my my big clients were in the fast food market, the shelf stable market. So Nestle, I can say all these names, Nestle Purina, pet care, um, you know, uh Unilever, so and then also Burger King, Johnny Rockets, and Del Taco. so it's kind of crazy that I was in my upper twenties managing upwards of twenty seven million dollar international budgets for these companies.
1: I mean, just insane, and there's so much to unpack in there, and i but I want to highlight the college dropout thing because I really do think that so many people hold themselves back from doing the thing that they want to do. Being it till they see it because they think, oh, I don't have that education. Oh, I don't have a college degree. Oh, I I can't afford that kind of education. And today, like you can get an MIT degree for free online. You don't get the actual certificate, but you can get the education. And and I joke all the time, like no one ever asks to see my Pilates certificate.
0: <laughs> no, True. no one ever actually, does. no one even asks. <laughs> to see your college degree these days too. And it and that's the thing is, is that it's, it's, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not dumbing down a, a college education. I think that it is absolutely for certain people. It was for yeah. my husband. He's a teacher. He needed a teaching credential. He wanted to get his master's degree in cross-cultural education. Um, for me, I consider myself a scrapper, right? So if this is something that is innate and inherent in my personality. It doesn't become, it doesn't have, it didn't happen because I wasn't raised well. I was, I grew up thankfully and gratefully um, in a very nice upper middle class family. But I was also taught to have morals to have ethic and to have grit, right? So I had a job by the time I was 13 years old. I had already been babysitting. I was a lifeguard. They actually let me be a lifeguard at 13 back in the day. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> um, so crazy. And so I, I just kind of have this work ethic piece to me. Um, and then in addition to that, I just I've never, I don't know if you will relate to this, Leslie. And maybe you haven't heard me say this, but I've actually never worried about having money. And I I know that might be a different story for you. So, but let me explain the having. Piece. When it comes down to me and having to make money, I'm a scrapper. I I will literally if my brick and mortar studio, which in the last year, if you're listening to this, we've been in a pandemic. And um, the last year, brick and mortars have been up and down and open and closed. And that was a good stream of my income along with my travel. Um, I usually, and typically am the first person to say, great, that's not working. In this case, I developed another platform, but oftentimes you would find me selling used cars on the side of the road if I had to, like, I'm not that kind of a person where I'm, I worry about, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'll figure it out.
1: Yeah. I I resonate with that in a different way. Like, um, I do believe I can create money now. Um, and but I was raised without it. I was raised with it always being gone. And so I, um, I'm a grit scrapper because like I had to be like, I was like, okay, like the shoe just dropped, like how, how do we go into gear? And like, even when the pandemic happened and people were like, Oh my God, what's happening. I'm like, okay, what can we do? Like, I like, that's like my superpower. Oh, ish to hit hit the fan. All right. What, (laughs) how are we going to fix this? And so that's, um, survival is something that's been in me, but on a, but in the last few years, of working for myself only, I have seen the power of how I can create money based on the mindset that I have and the grit that I have. And if you're willing to take action, and you can do anything, and and I do agree. If school is for you, I have a college degree, it cost me eighty thousand dollars. I got to pay it off, <laughs> and woo! <laughs> and I That's remember. A going, deal. Oh my god, it was a big deal. I remember, but I remember when I became a teacher, and like the you know the tuition for that was like I don't know eight thousand dollars at the time, not cheap, but like. Compared to my <laughs> compared to my private school education for college, um, a drop in the bucket. And I remember thinking, "Gosh, like I really wish I just discovered Pilates at eighteen. I would have saved myself a ton of money." But going back to your divine appointments, because I think that is so good, and I think we have to really hit on that. You know, they say people are in your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And divine appointments, like I feel like you and I have just like, given it back to each other in different ways. But like, yes, there's a girl who I hired when I worked in retail. And she is the reason I discovered Pilates. And Mm -hmm. I, she invited me to a class, and I was like, no, no, that's an infomercial workout. It can't do all those things. No, no, no. But I had no, like, didn't have a lot of friends because I stayed in the town that I went to college in, and most people had left. And then I went to a private university. So a lot of them got married. (laughs) So here I was, like, 22. single and running a jewelry store and you know didn't have I had like my roommate. And so I was like, well, you know, to have friends, you got to go do things with them. So I went to the class and I fell in love with it. And I don't, I haven't talked to her in since like probably six months after that. (laughs) But that's because of divine appointments. And so it's like so important like to pay attention to the people that you meet or the things that people say that make your ears perk up. Like notice that because that happened for you.
0: Yeah, it's happened all along my trajectory. I mean, I can connect the dots along, like even jumping into the Pilates wellness fitness thing, which I'm sure will go that direction in a moment, I can connect all of the dots all the way through on a through line. And I think it's really important. Like I think oftentimes, you know, people say the term don't leave any leaf unturned. I totally get that. Right. So there's, but there also comes a point in your life, we're like, yeah, I know I don't need to turn that leaf over. You know? Like <laughs> <laughs> I've so seen that leaf before. Well.
1: I know but what that leaf does. About,
0: <laughs> yeah. We talk about you and I talk about a lot about um because we spitball together and mastermind together and just be girlfriends together, we talk a lot about the difference between prospecting and free, right? And yeah. so I like to really put that leaf that I don't need to turn over over in the free category. It doesn't mean that I don't do charitable things. I most certainly do. I do a lot. And it also comes from a heart space. I have an email right now that just came in today, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And, you know, I want to answer that. That's a, that's, that comes from a heart space place, but there is a difference between prospecting and free and prospecting is part of that kind of like seeking that hmm, aligning with your touch points along that trajectory of your journey. Are they all going to be divine appointments? Are No, absolutely not. Right. So, but it still is, in my opinion, worthwhile for you to put yourself out there to be like yeah, okay, this works. This put me in front of a group of people that could have potential in the future and or this is a great relationship that could have potential in the future. And then also sometimes, sometimes that prospecting is just going to fall by the wayside. And that's fine too. I think people forget that in this industry, whether you are an entrepreneur, a solopreneur or a combination of efforts and you still do work corporate, All just because you, you work for in a corporate environment and or you work for a big box gym or whoever you're working for, that doesn't mean that you still don't need to take Key to relationships and touch points, and we talk about this all the time. And I say it to the ends of the earth in my uh, business coaching, and in you know the the course that I did for Profitable Pilates loyalty is a relationship in every single environment right and especially now coming out of a pandemic hopefully uh, i read that super super awesome article that i told you guys about and if you didn't hear it i'm going to repeat it here people want conversations they don't want campaigns
1: yeah yeah i i love this um you know i think um I think, I think a lot of people listening who are trying to do something, maybe they're somewhere in their, their journey. Maybe they've started the thing or they're going to start the thing or they're thinking about the thing. It's um, boundaries becomes an issue and like prospecting free heart space. And it's important to know that no is okay. Mm -hmm. And also, but also knowing that like, you might say yes to something that doesn't pay you that does like, as you say, it's a prospecting thing. It puts you out there. It allows you to meet other people. I like to think of everything we do as like a kind of a rep, right? Like it's like, you know, you've got to get your reps in. The first time you do something, isn't always going to be the, the, the thing, right. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to hit it out of the ballpark. And so, you know, be okay with starting at the beginning and being where you are. But then also for those of you who are not at the beginning You got to recognize like where you are and what you've done and like what you know and own that because otherwise we get a little bit resentful. I think of doing things um, that may not be in our price point or what we feel as as what our worth is. It's like, well, did you? But did you put those boundaries up? Because typically, you know, we don't put our especially for women. Like boundaries are really hard. We think, oh, I got to say yes to everything. Oh, I don't want to offend anyone. You know. And so, how do you like? What's your process for like boundary setting for yourself?
0: Um, well, so it, it has to ladder up to my value system. So that's a, that's a big one for me. And a lot of people in our industry and the larger industry, especially in the entrepreneurial set, uh, are talking a lot about finding your why, which is great. It's not, I'm not trying to change that conversation. That's a great way to um, try and figure things out. But it, in my world, as you know, less. Um, I have value propositions. And so if, if, My value propositions are in what I call my system-to-thinking, actually not what I call give credit where credit's due, Erica, what Dr. Susan David calls system-to-thinking. And so my value propositions lie in a system-to-thinking environment where it is a response-based rubber-meets-the-road environment. And so if I'm being asked something, if I'm being wanted or needed, or can you do this, Erica, I usually think a variety of different things. But I I think long and hard, does this ladder up to my value propositions or what I'm doing with not only myself, my brands and my businesses? Uh, and if not, that it's okay to be okay with that and still respond and or not react, hopefully, but react or have that kind of system one thinking conversation if that does happen. So for me... I, like I said, it's a, it's an internal conversation with me before it's an external response to somebody else. Because I really feel that if you have aligned with your value propositions, your value statements, because they can shift and change and they should shift and change and meta- metamorphosize along the trajectory yeah. of your journey. Um, yes, it is kind of like a more distilled down version of your mission, vision, purpose. It's a little bit like lesser... It's not lesser thinking, but it's a more condensed way of thought. And it helps you keep your blinders on um, because your blinders can come off real fast, especially now because of media and because of lack of focus because of social media. So the first thing I ask myself is, is, does this align with your value propositions? And then if I say yes to that, then I'll start to move forward and see how I want to respond to whatever I'm being asked
1: to do. Yeah, I am. I really love that that internal conversation before an external one. I think a lot of people don't have the internal one. They just think about how they're gonna respond to with the external one, and then they there's regrets or like, oh, I should have said this instead. And I definitely, as a doer, as like an activator kind of person, it took a lot of practice for me to like read the thing and be okay with hitting it as unread, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, taking some time and like asking myself, why do I feel like this? Why why is this making me feel like this? Because sometimes those reactions have nothing to do with the person who sent the email. It's the collision of other ideas and other feelings oh, you're having. Yeah, And that person like, you know, triggered that or like got in there and like, maybe it's an excited thing, but also like, it it, sometimes you get too excited. It's like, wait, this was not the thing to get excited about. It just sounds like the thing to get excited about. Mm -hmm. So it can go either way. And I, so I really, I really like that. I also, you know, that the whole starts with why, or what's your why, you know, when I first became a plies instructor, you know, which was like my first real business, you know, actually I used to design shoes, but that's a whole other thing. I used to (laughs) (laughs) have a a shoe line. I know, (laughs) I know I had a shoe line. I saw girls in Bloomingdale's wearing my shoes. It was so funny anyways, (sighs) but (laughs) but my first like time actually thinking I had a business and was starting something, I, the best I could say was that I just really loved Pilates and it made me feel really good. And I wanted other people to do that. And I think a lot of people are like, but it has to be deeper than that. It gets deeper over time. Like you don't always know why you're doing something like with the depth of like a Dean Graziosi, seven layers of why it took me until last year. I finally was able to get like really down and deep we're at like year, I don't know, thirteen, yeah, <laughs> fourteen mm-hmm. of my business. It took that long for me to go. Oh, whoa! All of that stuff, my child. This is why I do what I do. So yes. I feel like the people. I love what you said there because, like, just take the pressure off. Like, what are your values? Like right. those, you should know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then totally. you, they'll change with you, and that's good. Yeah, I mean, I mean,
0: Leslie Logan. As I met her, you know, six, seven, eight years ago, with the start to the book, with you know, profitable. Pilates, everything but the exercises. It is an, not an entirely different human being. Authentically, authentically, you're still the same person. But if we look at even just your trajectory with your business, says that you have developed, um, you know, be it retreats, be it you know your membership based platforms, be it you know your coaching business. Like if you think about from then to now, your value propositions would have to metamorphosize because if they didn't, then you would be stuck. You know, and I think that people get so hooked into this, like, oh, OK, well, then I now I figured it out. Now I can't deviate. No famous last words from Leslie Logan to me all the time when I was on the road with her and or without her and or we would meet up in said city. And I was like, what am I doing? I, w- I want to do this thing. She just look at me and go, just get started. Just get started. Yes. Yeah, she'd give me advice. Okay, go to your room right now. Go to your hotel room. Not in a bad way. Go to your hotel room. <laughs> Go on GoDaddy, look at these URLs, buy them, you know, like simple, just get started advice. And honestly, I feel like the actionable steps are what are in the system two thinking. And we will be talking about system two and system one thinking. This is a tease and this podcast will be up now and forever more, but Leslie and I have a program coming out where Susan David's work is gonna really drive hard in my mindset piece because system one thinking is very, very necessary We didn't talk about system one thinking. System one thinking is your pleasure center. It is that reaction. It is that, oh my gosh, I want to have a glass of wine. It is that, oh my gosh, I really want to have that bag of potato chips right now. And honestly, we need that system one thinking at times. It's fun. It's like really enjoyable it's that dopamine dump that we want and you should let yourself happen you also should realize that there's consequences to system 1 thinking and be okay with that as well we've all had them nobody's perfect right i've had consequences yeah. to my system 1 thinking whether that's a glass of wine that i probably shouldn't have and i got a bad sleep that night and or um you know maybe a conversation that i just wasn't ready to have and i was in my system 1 thinking when i had it if that makes any sense system 2 thinking I know this is a tangent, but I think it's really important for people to hear this. This is system two thinking is when you can get actually emotionally granular, you can actually get out of the whole, oh my God, I'm so effing pissed off phase into, okay, what's what's the value behind why you feel pissed off, right? So mm-hmm. I'm pissed off because I feel agitated that I didn't give myself enough time to be able to accurately respond to said conversation and now I'm on the under the gun of a deadline. That is a whole different way to approach something in your life
1: than system one. Does that make sense or am I confused? It makes so much no, you're making so much sense because I also think that so many people when they're trying to figure out or trying to do something, when you want to so let's just say like whether you want to start a business or maybe you, maybe this, maybe it's like you want to have more time for your spouse and you get frustrated because an email comes in and then you snap at the spouse, but that's the person I want to spend yes. time with. It's actually because if you were to take the time in the system to thinking, it's you haven't given yourself enough time to do the things that matter to you. Yes. And so now you're frustrated and. <laughs> And just like any frustrated person, you're snapping at what's in front of you. And totally. so I, I really, I really encourage, like, if you can give yourself time for system, why am I thinking this? Why am I feeling this way? You're going to notice patterns. So my, um, my amazing therapist is a leadership coach as well. And she's somatic and she's like, Leslie, your brain, like there's, there's tons of studies on how like our brain dislikes the easiest way because it, To do things because it takes the fewest calories once it's already created the response to something it knows that response and it'll just do it so you have this groove in your brain when x happens i react this way and it just over your years like you can look back and go that's why you can go zero to 60 over something it's because the groove is so deep and ingrained it's in there and so system two thinking makes you pause and reflect on like why you're feeling the way you're feeling what is it that you want taking the time and you can actually probably realize, wow, I'm actually just not giving myself enough sleep.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And or I need to challenge myself and get out of that groove and address the issue at hand Mm -hmm. because most people will just revert back to what your coach said and what you said, the easiest way out. And actually, we're not supposed to be fully joyful and fully happy 100% of the time for that, (laughs) for our lives to actually be sustainable, lovely, fully Um, flourishing, we actually need to move out of the groove into the ways and wade into the weeds and learn from that and challenge ourselves and get out of that kind of just simple thinking mentality, the system one mentality. And you actually put it very well too, in a way where I pick up on things that you say all the time and vice versa. So when I talk about system one, system two, you talk a lot about like the space of being an observer and the space of being a judger. Mm-hmm. Right. So, would you agree that and here I am being the host of the podcast? Sorry, that like <laughs> ob- being an observer, an observer is where you're really in that system two space. Being a judger mm-hmm. is when you're in system one. Let's put that in a super pedestrian way, because I'm I I'm at fault for these types of things over you know the Instagram oh. generation too, where it's like <laughs> you're scrolling on your Instagram feed and you're in that system one, and you're like oh my God, what is this person doing? And, or should I be taking my clothes off and jumping around on said piece of fitness equipment so that I just have a bikini on and I get more da-da-da, right? Well, maybe if that's part of your value system, it's not part of mine personally, but if it's part of your b- value system or their value system, it's okay to observe that and go, you know what, good on them, right? There's a space where you can observe it and just put it away and, and kind of almost be like, root them on, like go, person go human like if that's working for you and that's part of your value statement your value propositions awesome um that would be coming from a space of observation a space of judgment would be taking the blinders fully off and being like should i be doing that um look at this person that's that's that space of judgment when you put yourself back in that dopamine space
1: you know yeah no i love i love the observer judger actually there's a episode we did with um jenna vargas and um, you would love her. She's been in the fitness industry forever. She's like a multiple entrepreneur and she plays a questions game all the time. And in that podcast, we were talking about, um, judgment and question and, and, and um, curiosity, which I think yeah. observation is curiosity, right? Like, totally. Observing and like, and like, like letting your mind see what it is, right? And to me, She like when you put a period on a sentence, that's a judgment, right? So like, oh, look at what she's doing. That's ridiculous. Period, right? Like, but if you're like, oh, I wonder, like, (laughs) I wonder what, I wonder why she's doing that. I wonder how that's working for her. I wonder. I hope she's having fun. Like, I wonder if she's having fun. Like, questions, observing, like over time, curious to it. And also, but if you find yourself scrolling and you're in that judgment zone, that is the time to hit mute on some account. That is the time to get off, turn your notifications off. Because mm-hmm. if you are in that space, again, it's a groove you've made. And if you're tr- if you're listening to this point, I would love to be more in system two. It takes time. You'll get faster at it. But you'll go, oh, I'm in system one thinking. Oh, I'm being a judger right now. Oh, I'm, I'm reacting. When you notice that, take a moment. Don't get mad at yourself because your brain... Totally. A ...to things. And so if you are trying to change a, a habit or a mindset and you get mad at yourself when you don't do the thing your brain recognizes that as stress and it's like oh let me avoid stress at all costs every time she talks yes. about this i get stressed out so i'm going to not think about that so you actually have to go good good job good job ll you thought about you just recognized how you were judging in that moment so yep. good job you're not going to now what can we do right and so just like flipping 100%. the script and you and you can change you can you actually can Pa- pave over those grooves in your brain. It just takes time and 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 again, if you're trying not to judge that means you can't judge yourself.
0: <laughs> totally. Well, and also, you know, by the way, that really helps with BDNF, which is ba- brain-derived nootropic uh, the brain drive neurotropic factor, because, you know, I'm obsessed with brain health. And so BDNF starts to go way down as we age, right? So if we stay in that groove all the time, our BDNF is going to, and our neurogenesis is going to continue to deter, deteriorate. So it's really important, whether it's, you know, conversations, whether it's going for a little bit of a harder hike and, or taking the dirt road instead of the paved road on your walk, Um, that's really, really important because that in and of itself will change and move you out of the groove. And you can do it safely. You know, I feel like oftentimes people feel like, Oh my God, changing things or challenging your routines and those kinds of things. And I'm, listen, I'm not saying flip your routine because I have a heavy duty routine. So does Leslie. They're very important, but the, you can also get stuck in that as well. And what Leslie was talking about a moment ago is that awareness piece, right? As coaches and also as movement coaches, like I'm a movement coach and a movement educator. Pilates based exercise is my mainstay, but I kind of like go across the board in a variety of different modalities. And program for a variety of different companies and modalities. It's that awareness piece that we teach people as our clients, as movers, to be aware in their own body. And that's something that's very translatable to life. If I'm asking somebody, to be aware of their posture, aware of what they've just done in this hour session of time with me and take that out into the world so that they can move better to live better. That should also be applied in daily life as far as conversations, as far as emails, as far as you know the phone in front of your face all the time and all of those types of things as well. And I think all of them are interchangeable, but I think there's a, uh, a saying in a recovery program out there that awareness is the first step to recovery. And it's actually very very, very true.
1: So yeah, I, well, and I think like it in anything you're doing and, and anytime you're trying to make changes in your life or, or, or start working towards something, you know, we all want to skip that beginning part because we don't want to be in the beginning. No one's yeah. beginning, but the beginning mm-hmm. is like, it's the foundation. And if you are if you allow yourself to be in that beginning spot and have that awareness and go, okay, what are the things that I want to change? And what is this? Like, yes, I, you and I, like I live in my routine for the morning starts the night before my whole day. Like I can do shorter versions of my routine. I definitely have that. And I, I coach on that and how you can go. It's okay. If like you only have an hour to do your three hour routine, like we can make this work, but A lot of people, I think, have routines that they're not choices, like they just kind of fell into and this is a Mm -hmm. habit, not by choice. And so awareness is the first key in making changes to that, you know, like, oh, wow, do I have to have three cups of coffee in the morning, or is that just the habit that I've created for myself? You know, yeah, and, and, and even and that can that. change throughout
0: your time frame as well. Like, don't don't think that Leslie and my routines haven't drastically changed in the last year due to a pandemic, right? You know, so I've been out of my brick and mortar the majority of time. We've both been off the road for a year now, and so our routines have drastically changed. And that's another value piece where you know because. You know, the time work that we've lived in in 2020 and now 2021 of a pandemic, I just felt like when the rubber met the road for me and I started building out level up movement, you know, my educational platform, I was like, I was back in it to win it. I was in a flow state. So I was actually, I allowed myself to not have a routine. But now that I'm establishing a cadence with the platform and setting boundaries with the platform and bringing on a staff with the platform, I actually had this aha moment, and it was just a couple of days I, ago. I was like, you know what? Mondays are my day because oftentimes I'm working all the way through the weekend. So Monday's it. Like I am not scheduling any meetings. That's my day to sleep, sleep in. Fun fact about Leslie and I: <laughs> Leslie and I are early birds. I joke yeah. about her. It's like she's the only person that I can call at five o'clock in the morning and know that is actually up. So up. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, but I, yeah, so it should absolutely those types of things should change as well. Your values change with your life,
1: well, and that's it like i I think, um, uh, if you're an observer, then you're able to notice like, oh, I want to add this to my routine, or actually, this isn't serving me anymore, and it's okay, yeah. and it's also okay to change them, like, you know more frequently than annually <laughs> you know oh, like totally. <laughs> <it> change them <laughs> like but yeah it's true i mean then, um i mean with with the pandemic um i did my very best to keep to like do the morning routine that i had the night routine that i had that the time that was working for me and then see how i could enhance it because i really was like you this is not the time to relax and let your guard down this is a time to lean in you've been wanting time like specifically of having time you have time, but like keep your routines up so that you can stay alert and attuned to what's happening. And then when I moved, um, that was so hard because I was like, okay, well now I don't have my run and it's a hundred degrees. So I can't run. (laughs) And like, so like, so it's okay. If you're in a place of transition right now to again, go back to the observation, like see what you want to keep from your old routine, see what you want to add in, have some fun with it. But like, I, I can't I can't stress enough. Like what I'm really loving about this is that system two thinking of that that uh, that internal conversation of just really being an observer in your life and seeing how you can make changes to do more of what you're wanting. Um, I want to talk about level up movement a little bit because oh, I really, I really, what I loved about it um, more of like how you got it, how you started it, Um, and that because I think a lot of people might might be. Pretty much slain in their career, which is you. You were were already like you, things were going really, really well. Your brick and mortar was going well. Your travel schedule was going well, and yet you had this inner desire to do something else, to do something more. And so you and I were in Chicago or outside of Chicago, and it was a beautiful day. We were walking, and we had that talk. And what I loved, what I wanted to talk about that was that I think a lot of people um, forget that like having a friendship where you can like share what you're working on. There's something really good about that cuz you can get the words out and soundboard off someone. So do you, can you share a little bit about like that time and 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 what made you want to start something new even though like to the outside eye things are going really well.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I'll give the the cliff notes of the um marketing leap to brick and mortar. So that was when I was 30 and I thought I was done. I was like you've made it Erica, you opened a brick and mortar studio and then Another divine appointment walked into my life. His name is Jay Blonick. He's a mentor of mine. He's happened to have his offices across from my Pilates studio and became my client. And he mentored me and said, Erica... There are way bigger things for you out there because of your public speaking background, because of what you used to do. And he was the one that kind of pushed me into the education side of things and applying to present at big conferences and those types of things. So again, power of the touch point, right? Somebody that I met along my journey. And so that's sort of how the conference presenting trajectory started to happen, relationship building uh, along that line. And that has spanned since 2009. I opened my brick and mortar in 2006. So this is kind of a good little timeline for you. Um, And so there's been, you know, relationship building along that whole entire thing. And then as I was working in the education field, developing curriculum for a couple of brands out there, as well as my own workshops and CECs, I started to think when I was on the road, I was like, where am I sending these people that I'm meeting all over the world? They can't get to me unless I get to Korea, or they can't get to me unless I'm in Dallas, right? And so Um, I had had a vision to have an educational platform for a very long time, virtually. I just didn't have the time to do it. And so with the pandemic, it, again, gave me the time and the space to really get started, as Leslie said. And our masterminding calls always help that we just schedule as girlfriends because Also observing others such as Leslie, who has been in the virtual space much longer than many of us in the fitness and the wellness industry. She's laid some really great foundations and ground rules that she's happy to not only share, but you can watch her do and you can learn from them. Are you going to use some of her tactics? Sure. Are you going to not use some of her tactics? Sure. It doesn't mean that she's doing it right and you're doing it wrong. It's just it don't play that game of comparison guys like that's the biggest thing right comparison well, is the judging. thief of joy <laughs> right yeah so don't do that but learn from other people and i've learned so much from less and i'm so grateful for our friendship because of that and that's basically how level up movement was born i thought it was going to be basically a pre-recorded standalone course online website Um, where when I wasn't in Korea and or I was back on the road, you could just come back over there and get said course from Erica Quest or said course on my active aging stuff, whatever you wanted that I had put out there. But it turns out in this pandemic that we've all learned that people want you in real time for real results, for real information, as much as possible right now. So my current business plan is to honor that market and honor the time that I have. And so I've created a live stream cadence around that. So I'm technically content curating in real time because I'm doing these live stream events once a month or twice a month, if possible, um, recording them and also then flipping them over into a pre-recorded course afterwards. Kind of similar to what you're doing on Profitable Pilates Mm -hmm. for your business courses. But I Mm -hmm. also feel really great about what I'm doing because it's not only Erica Quest, but it's a bunch of other epic, high-level movement instructors and master-level instructors, my mentors coming on, which is a huge honor for me. Um, and I feel so great. I have to say this. No hating on the fitness world, but I am flipping the model. So I am flipping the model that you come on my my platform and you don't get paid. You come on my platform, you get paid for your content and you make a really good, uh, you know, good bit of money to do your live stream piece. And then you have the opportunity to double dip down the line if you should like to, because I am sick and tired of people doing things for free because it's dumbing you and I down and I'm not doing it anymore. (laughs)
1: i love this i i um i really love that about you like you you had this idea so and this is what i want to highlight it's that you had this idea of what it was going to be and then as you got into it and because of the circumstances that we were in you you observed and you had some some thinking in your head and then you and you kind of made it uh, possible to be a little bit different than what you had anticipated and i think that's um something really important that You know, I'm a big fan of like knowing where you're going, like, have a picture of what you want. Um, you have your value statements, like, have a picture of what you want, why you want it, what it's all about, like, as best you can. And then, as you're working towards that, right? Like, as you're working towards that thing being okay with like, hmm, well, actually the the the, the people that I want to help need this right now because this is what's happening right now. Yeah. And 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 you know you have to system to think that you have to take some time because if you're in reaction mode, then you're gonna actually just start doing things because you think that's what everyone's doing. But you so you have to be really mindful of yourself there. If you're someone who tends to like change ideas on a dime, like then, stick with your original plan, <laughs> but if you're yes. if, if you're in a place in your life where you can actually like observe and think and filter those through, like I make decisions all the time. like people like people wonder why it took me so long to even put a podcast on I'm like, well, it's not like I have not wanted to do it. It's just that <laughs> it's just that it took time for me to observe and figure out like where would this podcast live in my businesses. Who are we serving? How are we serving them with that? And how is that coming along? And so I'm so glad that I waited because now it's ready to be born. It's reaching people on all things. Like I'm not just coaching business, and I'm not just coaching Pilates. I really want to make sure that every woman out there, every person listening to this, is like able to take something out of it for themselves. And like maybe, maybe you don't want it on your own business, but you could like take the idea of like system two thinking like, oh my gosh, am I yelling at my spouse or my partner or my children on system one thinking and, 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 you know, and doing that. So what, what I really love is that your, your, um, your experience, everything you've experienced is being brought into this thing. And so I think a lot of people tend to look back at like their life and they, they feel that, you know, the people, the, the jobs that they had, they are like all over the board. Like you were with Del Taco and then you were at this and you had a brick and mortar. And some people might see that ping ponging and you're like, no, actually this is the weave that we made and now yeah. it's coming to this thing. And I think so many people, if they would just take a moment to like acknowledge how much they've learned in their lifetime and see it as a gift mm-hmm. and how it's actually the blanket that is, uh, that is setting the stage. Um, I think they can do a lot more with that. You
0: said something super important too that I want to touch on is that, you know, my trajectory is my trajectory. Your trajectory is your trajectory. And it's very important that people also pay attention because I get the question a lot and I'm sure that you do as well. How do I do what you do? And I throw it back to them and I say, do you really want to do what I do? Because oftentimes people are not, they think that they're built for the presentation scene, they think that they're built for, teaching education, developing education, programming, and or being on a stage. But that actually might be an untrue statement for them. It's just what they're seeing. And it might be Mm -hmm. what they're comparing and or judging and or it might be what they're observing. All of those are valid. All of those are great. But I oftentimes throw the question back to them and say, you know, you need to truly think about that from your value proposition, your value statement perspective, because it might not be your trajectory might not be that you're owning a brick and mortar. It might be that you're like, such a kick-ass instructor in three brick and mortars and or you have a home studio. So it's really about also compartmentalizing what works for you in your environment. I talk about this in my education. Think about your moving environment. How could you do these things that I'm teaching you using a stability ball in the moving environments with which you teach in, right? You have to get creative as far as that's concerned. And I think that people also need to get creative in thought on not only what works for them, but what they don't want. I think they see, you know, your journey, my journey, uh, as like, oh, that's where I'm supposed to go. It's actually technically not. And also, mm-hmm. this is something that has taken me 18 years to get to in this industry. This is not an overnight sensation. I've applied for every single thing that I've done. I've paid money for my education. I have um, gotten turned down multiple times. I've had shit presentation multiple times. I've learned from all of that. <laughs> um, it is not. It, you know, like, this there. does not. This doesn't come off. And this is not, you know, Erica Quest, the sunny personality uh, that is always happy, always joyful, always thoughtful. I try and stay in that space as much as I can because I am very blessed that I do have a lot of that in me. But it doesn't come without failure. And actually, I learned way more from my failures than I have from my successes. And I think that that's also something that's very important because people are afa- afraid to fail. And especially the younger generation being married to a middle, middle school teacher, they are so afraid to fail. And, you know, yeah. in fitness, like you talked about doing your reps you got to do your reps right if you want to have bigger muscles or you want to have better looking abs or whatever it is you actually have to put in the work and failure is a part of that work and if you think about it from a biomechanics standpoint we call that myelin wrapping right the first repetition isn't always beautiful sometimes it might be and then maybe you actually need to move on to something else but that myelin wrapping is very similar to doing repetitions you gotta do the work, right? So Les and I talk a lot about in um in life and just in coaching, it's like we can give you all the information, but you have to be the one to put to to make the rubber go on the road.
1: So well, and that's just it. Like that's that's the thing. So speaking of that because um we could live obviously i know I know, talk I know for hours wrap it up so um <laughs> so we're gonna wrap it up but before we do so before i let you go we're gonna i'm gonna ask you a question about how you be it how people can be it because that's just it they have to do the work but before we yeah. do that y'all we have to do ads so oh. stay tuned after this ad we're going to actually come back with some things you can do to be it i know how much you're enjoying this show me too if you're looking to make more time for you and have more energy, get my free 30 minutes Pilates class at OnlinePilatesClasses.com slash If you're new here or haven't done this yet, this is a great way to start making yourself a priority. So head over to OnlinePilatesClasses.com slash B-E-I-T-P-O-D. Now back to the show. Okay, so Erica, <laughs> I am, I'm, I really want to help people do work. Because that's just it, like they can take all this information, um, but even, just thinking it and listening to it doesn't actually produce any results yes. so um, I believe that being it till you see it as being bold or having executable goals or intrinsic values, targetable situations like how do you prioritize or what would your advice be so that someone could actually do the work to being it?
0: Well, first of all, look at your entire schedule and your entire life. That's part of it because there are a lot of people that we encounter that are mothers and fathers or have children. And so that's that's a big piece that I don't have in my life. I have four-legged uh, children and I love them, but it's a very different thing than having to homeschool children or you know have that piece of a priority in your life. I have a spouse that is a high priority in my life, but I have a, a, a wild amount of not free time, but time to actually... Do my own thinking around my schedule and being it. And so I can count on my hand over and hands over probably eight to 10 streams of income that I can have the opportunity to make right now. Did that always happen? No, those happened over time. So in my scheme of prioritization, there are times when I'm looking at those and I look at them regularly, right? This isn't the once a year nine volt battery change in your fire alarms. I look at them sometimes on a weekly basis and I'm like, okay, this week I need to fan the flame over here because there are deadlines over here for said marketing retainer agreement that I have with a brand. And so I have to meet those deadlines. Then there are weeks where that's kind of, you know, that's null and void. And Erica, you have to present at these conferences, you have to get this, this and this done. So it's, it's about constant prioritization. And then I'm not going to lie, when you're also starting to try and build a new stream of income. This is something I learned back in the day in my marketing and advertising world. Sometimes it's about smoke and mirrors. And what I mean by that is it's about talking about it and verbalizing it, even though it's not ready. Right. And so I'm not saying like sell somebody snake oil. I'm not saying that at all whatsoever. But sometimes you actually need to verbally speak it and get out, get it out of your mouth. I will give you a real time example for a program that Leslie and I are starting to launch very, very shortly, right? So this is a movement business and mindset coaching program. It's going to be dynamic. It's amazing. We've been talking about this, verbalizing it with each other for about a year now, right? We've known that we want to do something together. We've been talking about it. The timing hasn't been right for a variety of different reasons, moves, pandemic, remodels, all of those kinds of things. But it took us that length of time to begin to talk about it. And then at 3 o'clock in the morning, Leslie knows that I get my most creative moments. And I try and wait until 5 o'clock in the morning to send that text (laughs) or that voice message. And about 5 months ago, the spark hit. And so... It took almost a year of talking about it, about six months of talking about it. The spark hit. And now we've been in strategic development on this thing for the last four to five months, writing strategy documents, going back and forth on what we want to do with the whole theming and everything like that. And we're getting ready to finally launch it. So if you think about that, that's a stream of income that was lowly percolating a long time ago, but it was a lot of hand waving for about six months, seven months, eight months. Then the rubber started to meet the road when I got a spark, when Leslie got a spark and now we're ready to launch. That's a year. And we haven't even pulled in any income yet.
1: Yeah. Erica, I love that because it's true. It's like, you know, um, I think a lot of people are afraid to say that what they are until they're, they're fully it. Like someone has to deem them. The thing. No, don't. And oh, I don't, and, and I will say, like, when Jeez. I, oh yeah, when I wanted to teach workshops, you like, I want to teach workshops. How did you get started? I'm like, I literally told people, I teach workshops. I had created them. I can't teach them. I'm teaching these workshops, and I got my f- friends to let me teach workshops at their places, so that I was doing that. Right. So yeah. you, I, I really love that advice. It's so great, Erica. Where can people find you, follow you, fall more in love with you? Oh,
0: you can find me at my name. My name is Erica Quest. It's Erica with a K on Instagram. I don't really do Twitter. I pick one and I do it as well as I can. You can find me on Facebook as well. And then the educational platform uh, that is launching and scaling is levelupmovement.com. That movement is spelled M-V-M-T. So it's levelupmvmt.com.
1: Perfect. We are going to have all of those amazing things in the show notes below. So it's super easy. Also, everyone, because I'm super, super big fan of of hearing what inspired you, what stayed with you, what, what caught your ear, please screenshot this, share this. It's a way we actually get the podcast out. But also, I know Erica and I very well. We love hearing what resonated with you. So screenshot it. Uh, Tag us both on Instagram and your stories. Tell us what your takeaway is so that we can hear it. And we will DM you back and, and give you some more love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you, Erica, for taking the time. I'm sure we'll have you back. You're amazing. I just love you.
0: I love you so much, Les. And congratulations on all things for the podcast. Yay! Yes!
1: Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.